see the head slide in your hole, he stay up, dick all shiny, helmet head, bulging, smack it on your tushy. When I hear the click, click, it's wet and it's gushy. Yo, what's good, your boy, South Reach 706. Wakanda forever, Wakanda for always. Wakanda for love on Twitter. This is KTSD Av. We are a double gay community talking life, culture, music, racism, sports, amongst other things. But always thanks for support. Rate, comment, subscribe my Apple podcast. This is episode 15. We usually don't name that because we forget. But joining us today is uh, one of the hosts, Marcus Stiffles. Uh, AC3 Savage is in route. Unless he gets here, we will put him on the game. But what's good? Just out here enjoying the uh, basketball playoffs, uh, new music dropping, and uh, apparently the NFL is going to start back up in, I guess, is it Thursday? Is it starting Thursday or Sunday? I don't know, to be honest. I, I didn't. I know the Falcons are playing the Seahawks. That's about all I know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have, I have to check on that because, again, like I had to really pinch myself like I'm a Falcons hat on right now, but like I really have been disconnected with the NFL world. But what are your thoughts on I guess the the Colts? Like who like who's their quarterback? I have no idea who plays <laughs> for what team. I'm I'm mad confused right now. Uh Phillip Rivers is the quarterback right now. Uh they open up uh, against the Jaguars who are unloading everybody. They're getting rid of all their players apparently so uh, the Colts have they've gone, I think, four years losing week one. Like it's pretty they've been on a massive streak of just losing week one. So if they start the season out this year and lose week one against the Jaguars, I'm going to be severely annoyed because this Jaguar team is not trying to win games this year. They're really not. They're doing their best not to win. Well, I think everybody has a kind of you know, temper their expectations because we got to remember we're we're not having a preseason, which when we do have a preseason, I mean, the starters don't play as much, but it is a great opportunity to evaluate talent and also to shake the rust off, man. Like they're not really getting real time hitting in these scrimmages and practices they're doing. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm anticipating a lot of sloppy football. I'm anticipating a lot of bad fantasy football scores. Hopefully, keep our fingers crossed. There's no injuries. Uh, that's that's going to be the best thing we can get out of this. But there's going to be a lot of guys that are probably not quite in shape, I guess. And, and maybe the players might have taken better care of themselves with the coronavirus uh, lockdown, where they were in the house a little bit more. They had more time to literally do nothing but work out. But that is their job. But this 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 is going to be a very interesting season for a lot of reasons. Uh, with the Falcons, uh, the the biggest thing right now that is thoroughly pissing me off with Falcons fans <laughs> is the whole Muhammad Sanu thing. Oh, they want him back. Yeah, I will it, give. It, the, I, let me give TD some some credit real quick though. That's right now. That is one of the best trades in NFL history to give up an aging wide receiver in the last year of his deal for a second round pick. And that receiver got released the very next year. That's a great trade. Like you literally pants Bill Belichick and the Patriots with that trade. Like there's no reason for them to do that. 
Yeah, but I mean, the, I get I get Sanu's a fan favorite. Like, I have nothing against Mom Sanu. Shout to South Jersey. I actually have a sign Muhammad Sanu football in my house right now. Um, but the the issue that we have, shout to Aaron Freeman. Check him out on the Lockdown Falcons podcast. The Falcons refuse to develop any receivers outside of their number one and number two receiver. And it's, it puts us in a situation where years down the road, we're scrambling to get receivers. That's how we ended up in the Muhammad Sanu situation in the first place where we had to overpay him. We continuously draft pretty speedy guys, athletic guys, guys that have potential just to refuse to develop them at all. So like other teams, they come into their seasons with the guys that have in the roster that are ready to perform. I know back in the day, maybe not too far back in the day, but like it seems like Green Bay or Pittsburgh always has some receiver that would just show up out of nowhere. It's like, oh, he's been on the roster, we've been developing this guy, and he ends up being a baller. It's like, why can't we do the same thing? Why do we always have to go out and try to sign people or continually draft people and not develop them? Like that frustrates me. But the most frustrating part of it is why do you want to bring back an aging, slow, limited receiver? Like Sanu yeah. was exposed in New England having to play like the traditional number two role as opposed to playing the slot where you can kind of do things with option routes. But as a true number two receiver, he lacks the explosiveness to kind of stretch the field and he was exposed. So my question to Falcons fans is why would you want to bring back that same guy to the team? Like the idea of as Matt Ryan ages and he gets to the twilight of his career is to put weapons around him that will make his life a lot easier. Like when you could throw a five-yard pass and your receiver takes it 20 yards, a clip, that's that's money. That's what you want. Like you want to put as many fast people on the field as possible. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. All those guys are a threat to take to the house at any time. So I, I don't understand why the Falcons – it, it wouldn't make any sense, but the Falcons do a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. So, But I think that they're finally on the path of not making those mistakes. We kept Russell Gage. Uh, we kept uh, Alameda Zacchaeus. Sorry, I think I pronounced his name correctly, but uh, he holds the record for the longest reception in Falcons history from last year. It was like 97-yard touchdown. Um, dude has some, some burn, so that's what we need instead of bringing back a old, slower, fan-favorite receiver. So. But yeah, Sanu isn't even like a guy that's been there for a long time. Like he's not some lifelong fact. Like y'all didn't draft him. He was there for what three years, two and a half. Like how long was he there for? Not that long. So the uh, idea the of that like season, I think. Yeah, just the idea of clamoring for an old wide receiver like that is uh, kind of ridiculous. It's just like. Falcons fans just want every former Falcon and every Georgia Bulldog on their team. Like, how about you just build a good team and go with that instead of having teams that played for your favorite college, you know? And speaking of the whole, you know, Matt Ryan aging and being in the twilight of of his career, let's see, he's been in the league for 17 years now? Uh, Since 2009, I think. 2009. Yeah, so I mean that's a good that's a good long time, and since he's been here, they the Falcons have not drafted a quarterback in the first round, and it's I'm not and let me let me go on record right now, I've already said that I thought that the Falcons were going to win the NFC South this year, so there's that. I think 
they should go into the season and do what they got to do or whatever. But whether it be next year or the year after, it's I think it's about time for them to draft a quarterback in the first round. Unless unless they want to do the thing where Matt Ryan retires and they just tank and get a top quarterback uh, in the draft that way, I think it's time to start looking in the first round to uh, to start looking at quarterbacks because it's like he's been in the league at least 15 years. He's not getting any younger. He's not going to get any better. He's not going to improve. He is what he is at this point. And if you're, you know, the general manager, the owner, you you don't want to miss a beat when he leaves unless it's due to injury. And this isn't a thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, why are you disrespecting Matt Ryan? It's like, it's also a business. You know, you also want your teams to win. And you can look at some of the quarterbacks that have been drafted in the first round uh, while they while the teams had a starter, like the Ravens had Joe Flacco. Flacco was a Super Bowl MVP. They drafted Lamar Jackson in the first round. The Chiefs had Alex Smith. They led them to the playoffs. They traded up and drafted Patrick Mahomes in the first round. The, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. He's an MVP, Super Bowl MVP. They traded up to draft Jordan Love. The Chargers had Drew Brees. They uh, drafted Phillip Rivers. All these quarterbacks have been drafted in the first round while there's still an, an older quarterback still playing at a pretty high level. So it's not a it's not a sign of disrespect, but at some point you got to start looking at your roster and being like, hey, you know, Matt Ryan's getting old. I feel like they drafted Calvin Ridley to kind of be the next – like obviously, there's not going to be the next Julio, but to be the next number one guy. So you, at some point, they got to start looking at the quarterback. Which I don't, I don't think he he can be that. But that's neither here nor he, there. He, no, he's not going to be Julio. But you know what I'm saying? Like he's going to be at least like, all right, he's the guy. He's been he's been here a while. He knows the system. He's a stat. Like I think Calvin really is a good a good wide receiver, and I think he should only get better. Uh, shout out to Dirk Cotter. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think again we we've said this before. Dirk Cotter is the Falcons' offense, his biggest enemy right now. But shout the shout to the homie, Alame uh, Zacchaeus. He's from Plainfield, New Jersey. So shout to North Jersey. But hopefully, by the time it's time, by time it's time for the Falcons to uh, take a new quarterback, hopefully uh, TD is not there anymore, or Quinn. Hopefully, there's a new uh, regime in charge. Yeah, and, and one of the things that on your point about the quarterback is shout out to King Quest. The Falcons fans don't know what they want. They still want 40-year-old Vic back. That that is also true. But to your point about Matt Ryan, one of the things that kind of perked my interest that Falcons fans don't really think uh is your boy Josh Rosen. He was released by the Dolphins. Oh my God. And I was like, yo, he didn't get claimed. I'm like, hey, man, I didn't act, I didn't say anything. I just hit the eye emojis. But I'm like, you know. That's the guy you want, man. I'm telling that, you. Hey, that's, and the one Falcons fan on Twitter tried to tell me, they're like, oh, he's just a pass around. I'm like, okay, well, okay, you got drafted to the Cardinals, right? I think the very next year, uh, they got a new coach who had said previously, if he was ever a head coach, he would draft Kyler Murray if they had the first pick. And then Kyler Murray happened to be the first pick and. That's a tough break. Then you go to Miami, and then you have the opportunity to draft Tua Tungabalea. And it's kind of like that's – it's just a tough break for the kid. Now, well, the, thing, the, the thing that screwed him up is, like, when they had they had Fitzpatrick playing, and then they were like, all right, well, Josh, we're going to let Josh Rosen play because we traded for him. He's a young guy. He'll be the starter for the rest of the season, and that lasted for, like, two weeks. 
They just he hasn't got a fair chance to play. Yeah, I want and... him. I want him on my team. Like I would, I instead of like taking Philip Rivers, I would have rather just stuck with Jacoby Brissett and had Josh Rosen like developing on the bench or in, on the practice because he's he was really like he was a good quarterback in college. He was a top ten pick. That those don't just like. They just don't. They're just not trash. All of a sudden, he didn't get. He didn't get the opportunities to play and show show off his skill. That that is correct. I thought I tweeted out the YouTube link. Maybe I didn't. Give me one second. Uh, but either way, I feel like if you put that guy on a team with like an established, you know, coach, a solid general manager, and a a veteran quarterback that will somewhat you know try to show him the ropes like a like a professional like that he can just sit behind for like a year or two and then get a fair opportunity like earn the job in camp get to play for the whole season as opposed to just two games on a terrible roster that is clearly tanking like just get it get it get the guy a fair shot i feel bad for him like i really do because honestly he was my favorite quarterback coming out in that draft it was like him uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think what March that was Lamar Jackson that draft. He might have been that. Sam Donald was in that draft. Like Josh Rosen was my guy. That's the one I liked. And again, he's gonna get the opportunity to learn behind one Tom Brady. So, oh gosh, yeah, that's a good move for him. That's a good. Well, that's, yeah, a good move. That, that's one thing. I, I and again, it would have cost you little to nothing. It cost you nothing to do that. Literally nothing to get. Again, first round talent to kind of kick, kick the tires on him. So and he's going to sit there, he'll sit there, learn behind Brady for two years, and if he's ready, he'll play. Yeah, and, and real quick to all the the Falcons fans that wanted to retain the services of one Muhammad Sanu or rehire Muhammad Sanu. Let me check one more thing. But as of right now, our receiving core. Is of course Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, and the fourth wide receiver would be either Christian Blake or Brandon Powell. Um, I haven't got a chance to look up those two guys, but you already know Julio Jones is a four four sub four four guy. Calvin Ridley is a four four guy. Russell Gage is a four four guy. Alameda Zacchaeus is also a 4-4 guy. And y'all want to bring in Mr. 4-6-7 Muhammad Sanu back to this team. Nah. Make it make sense. Again, put as many burners around Matt Ryan as, as humanly possible and let them do the work for him. Let, let them earn him his money, man. I, I'm excited to see what happens. That Now we actually have a couple of guys that have been around a little bit. And hopefully with the uh, the addition of Todd Gurley to actually give us some sort of running game, which I went back and watched the last game of the season against the Bucks. Man, our pass protection was trash. There was no running game to, to even be spoken of. And we barely squeaked out a W against a team that we probably should have beat by two touchdowns. So we can approve those two things. I think we'll be all right, but I have very low expectations going into week one of this season. This man said, oh, yeah, yeah, so uh, your boy Griffin got released 
from the um, Seahawks. I'd rather have him too, man. Put as much weapons out there. We got the the legend AC3 Savage in, in, in the podcast. What's good, man? Oh, hey. Hey, everybody. Uh, whew, thank y'all for, you know, uh, holding it down while I was gone. I just wanted to say uh, hoes on my knob, and I ain't got a job. I grind because I shine. I ain't got a steal and rob. Go ahead. That that was a was that a freestyle? No, but if anybody is listening to this podcast, they can guess the artist that says that, which should be pretty easy. I'll cash up you twenty five dollars. Just DM. DM man's uh, DMs are open. Um, kind of, you know what? Kind of while we're on that, I, I I've been listening to some music and. And I'm still, I still have, and I know the people didn't care, but we're going to entertain them just for the sake of it. For all the people that were super mad about WAP, which still bothers me. And I'm like, I was listening to, like, I randomly jumped on uh, on a, an excellent Ghostface Killer album, uh, Ghost Dini, Wizards of Poetry, and Emerald. Um, I'm going to send Marcus the lyrics to this song. Oh, gosh. This album came out in the year of our Lord, 2009. I want you to read the lyrics to the first verse and and let me know what you think. Sent it in the private chat. Oh, anyway. I thought you were going to text it to me. Uh, Oh, no. Anyways, Mr. Savage, how's your, uh, your, your weight loss journey coming? Things appear to be going good. I just completed a 50-hour fast. Jesus. Uh, so God. I'm on my refeed now, as you guys can see. Uh, got the watermelon on deck. Um, so far, I've lost, what, like 19 pounds in two weeks? So we're doing good here. I'm on my way to – I restarted my goal. I was aiming for 195, but we'll go ahead and go for 183, which will put me at uh, – not being overweight at all for my height. So 183 is the new goal. There okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. I, I just sent uh, uh, Marcus the lyrics. Uh, an excellent Ghostface Killer song from the album. Uh, am I, I starting at the hook or at the verse? Where, where am I starting at? I mean, you can start at the hook. The song is called Stapleton Sex by Ghostface <laughs> From the album Ghost Dini, Wizards of Poetry and Emerald. And, and side note before he starts, I've said this before. Drake and Ghostface have a lot in common. Like Ghostface has a lot of seven albums in his catalog. The thing is that I believe Ghostface will kill you. Like I believe he will shoot you. I don't believe Drake is a gangster at all. But yes, let's uh, let's get an excerpt from uh, Stapleton Sex. All right, so. You can put my oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, hey, before you do that, I have heard of Candy Liquor. That is a really nasty song. So go ahead. I have not heard that, Key Gus. I'm gonna check it out though. You can put my dick in your mouth and play with my nuts, but before I bust, babe, I think I'll come in your butt. I've got my gun on the floor and I'm ready to fuck like it's nothing. It's nothing. Yo, my face. Is wet, got hair in my tongue, cause I'm a I'm a greedy nigga. <laughs> Absorb pussy juice like a sponge. <laughs> Feel the pretty warm. Di- oh, <laughs> wait, 
Feel the pretty warm dick, rub it on your clit. Oh, right before I bust, I spray it on your tits. Switch you over, throw you to the side with one leg up. See the head slide in your hole, he stay up. Dick all shiny, helmet head bulging, smack it on your tushy. When I hear the click, click, it's wet and it's gushy. From behind, I'm a mastermind, hundreds, hundred fast ones, and slow it up because I know how to fuck. Keep your pussy right there, don't move. Oh, holla at your boy, baby, do what it do. I love fucking your pussy to bomb. Think about fucking this shit all day when I'm gone. Get up, suck that dick, spit on it, slob on that shit, more bubbles at the knob of that shit. It's my world. Use a whore, taste good, right? Turn around, get on all fours. You pulling my hair, shut the fuck up. Why are you fucking me like that? Shut the fuck up. This ain't no RB dick. My favorite line. It's my favorite line right here. This ain't no RB dick, this hood. My slow dick. Slow jam dick is on Thursdays. Thursday. If my finger high, my dick don't get up. You know I'm the best. Just shut your mouth up like you're under arrest. I'm ready to come. Yeah, keep it right. Okay, just rub it against your hole. Put your thumb in my mouth and fuck me real slow. Look at me. Yeah, baby, I'm going to let that go. Tell me that you love me. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, this is a excerpt from Stapleton Sex, Ghostface Killer, the album Ghostini, Wizards of Poetry in Emerald City. This album was released in 2009. But shout out to WAP, though. But shout out mad at WAP. Yeah. Uh, that is wild. That's pretty, that's pretty wild. I wasn't going to read it ahead of time, but I feel like it was better that I hadn't read it before. Maybe I'm going to go listen to that song. Yeah, it's a it's a good song. That's a good album. It's a it's a solid album. Actually, I think we might make this a uh, a weekly a weekly thing. I'm I'm gonna find a verse that's nastier than WAP every week, and we'll read it on the podcast. Cause it's like, so I definitely want to say I heard the uh, mashup with Mariah Carey uh, over the WAP beat. If you guys uh, not the WAP beat, the WAP song mashed up with Mariah Carey, "We Belong Together." If you guys heard that. No, but definitely check it out. It's a banger. Like I, I really like that. It's my new favorite song. So, WAP lyrics over "We Belong Together." It's a classic. All right. So sticking on music, do we want to go to the Detroit Two or what do we want to do? We want to do that. We can do that. All right. Uh, Detroit Two, Big Sean. Um, uh, just off the rip, y'all know me. Just for me personally, the album's too long. Once we start getting past the hour mark, I'm just like, all right, bro. <laughs> all right, man. I get it. It's your art, but bro, this 2020. And then as soon as I opened it up, I thought about you. I was like, wait a minute, this is 21 tracks. Yeah, man. No stop reasoning, but it's too long. There's some skits, like I mean, not skits, but there's like stories which are kind of cool. But it's like it kind of goes with the same thing with Porter Miami too, right? I, I don't particularly like artists that have like sequel albums because they're usually not as good. And Detroit was a mixtape, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of weird. Like you did a sequel to a mixtape, but it's an album. Okay, cool. Uh, as far as people, some of these people are saying that it's his best album. I just off of no. two listens and some change, I'm still going with Dark Sky Paradise. Oh, easily. Uh, yeah. And I, I guess it's people are excited because it kind of has a, a new, a different sound. 
I know it's still heavily produced by Key Wayne, but I feel like Key Wayne took second fiddle to a hit hit boy, hit hit maker, one of them hits hit hit people. Um, I don't know. I, I'm gonna keep listening to it, but I just couldn't really get into it if that makes sense. Like, I, I guess I will uh, get to the uh, the point. Make my point uh, succinct. Word of the week: succinct. The high point of this album for me is the Friday Night Cipher, but really? the low point, the low point for me is timing. So I don't know what he was doing with that auto tune or what the hell he was trying that to say. That whole don't get that the fuck out that of here. Terrible. Oh, All right. that, that shit was, was terrible. <laughs> uh, Jeff wants to know where's the Jaguars at, Mister Savage. Now representing your squad. We have football this week, man. You got to get excited. To watch the Jags oh, the start Jags. off on with, with your, your man, uh, what is it, Trevor Lawrence or not Trevor? Y'all want Trevor Lawrence, uh, that hillbilly guy that y'all have a quarterback? God damn, I'm not speaking on any Jaguar news, I'm no longer a fan, so don't ask me about no, that. Wow, breaking news, Mr. Savage just renounces uh, Jaguars loyalty. This is breaking. News, I have guys. no choice. I'm taking a year off. I'm gonna reassess things, and then we just will come back. I mean, it's fair. I mean, it, it is what it is. But no, so, for that team. so okay. And real quick, the reason why I like the Friday Night Cipher, which I did not like initially, because I was like, "What the hell is going on? Why they put this ten minute joint in, in like the end of the album?" Yes, it is watermelon. Um, but I think it was cool because, like, I know I think two episodes ago or three episodes ago, when I was talking about the blueprint for women artists, is them collaborating. Like back in the day, you used to get remixes with like 30, 35 people, or you know, get region remixes. And this was a really cool collaboration of the people from that region. Um, you had T Grizzly, Cash Doll, Eminem, Royce Five Nine. Um, I'm missing a couple of people, but I want to hit the button on my phone to get our podcast taken down. But it's pretty much like a, a Detroit mega mix-up. And I'm like, I would love to see that happen more and more these days. Like, you know, with the Cats New York, like one collab I'm mad that we are robbed of, which is not the same state, but it's the same region. They could have did so much with this collab, which Marcus is going to look at me crazy. We were robbed of a Fetty Wap designer collaboration project. The whole, you could have did like the Battle of New York, New Jersey border battle. You could have did something. You know what I'm saying? Or even you could, probably get them, you could probably get that off a of cameo. Like hit the cameo app, hit the email, and they'll probably do that for you for like 50 bucks. You can get that. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Bags, right? <laughs> what is go. this? There we go. There we go. Mr. Savage. This man is ready. They all in. <laughs> nah, we, I mean, people. Me, and Mr. Savage, I mean, he's a Jags fan. We've been to like several Falcons games together. Like it's it's not <clears throat> far from the from reality he would, you know, have a Falcons hat. There we go, rise up. But yeah, yeah, I, I want to see that more, man. I want to see more artists come together. Like we have the technology. You don't have to go to the studio. Like yeah. record a verse, send it to him. Like with all the, the up and coming female rappers, like a WAP remix. I would love to hear like Mulatto, Flo Millie. Um, my new favorite rapper, Day Sulan, if you have listened to her from Compton. Like, get all these up-and-coming women rappers on the same track or people from the same region and put out some heat. Like, and that's why I liked it. Plus, Royce's versus Fire. Big Sean's versus Fire, and I think T. Grizzly's versus Fire, too. But 
that that's my take on Detroit too. I don't think it's a classic. I think it's a solid, decent album, but it, it's yeah. it's it's not catching to me for some reason. I don't know. It's not, and I, I do like, like this song. It's definitely like, like I forced myself decent. to listen to it. I feel like I yeah. forced myself to listen to it more than I normally would, but it's not it's not bad. Like I like it, and I was like every time I listen to it, I was like, there's something there's something on this album that's missing. And so I went back and I listened to uh, Dark Sky Paradise. And I was like, I listened to the uh, the Paradise song where it's just him just straight rapping, no chorus, just just nothing but bars and doing that flow that he does. And I was like, he didn't really have that on this album. Like he had little little bits of it for a little bit, for a little while, but he never really just like completely went off like he normally does. I, I thought they were there were too many features on this album. Like I didn't, I didn't, I'm not a fan of the Travis Scott song. I didn't really think the, the young thug verse was necessary. I'm not, well, I'm, <laughs> in all honesty, I'm not a fan of young thug, but like when he's on features, he sounds a lot better than his solo stuff. Um, Anderson Pack, obviously he continues to kill features. Uh, I don't think that feature was great. It was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, I, did, I, I, did, I did like the, uh, the the stories because if you go back and listen to the Detroit mixtape, they did that also. They had like, it was Jeezy, Snoop Dogg, and I think Common did one. So it, it makes sense to kind of have, you know, do those. But yeah, I just think in the Post Malone feature, like I'm, I'm completely 100% out on Post Malone working with black people. Like, that man does not care about hip hop culture or rap music. He just uses it as a gateway to do the music that he wants to. So the fact that people continue to work with him is kind of annoying to me. But uh, I still yeah, like the album later with the the tap in remix. Jesus Christ. Okay, what I don't understand is like me, I really liked uh, just starting off. What is it called? Uh, Deep Reverence, uh, the song with Nipsey. I'm surprised you guys didn't bring that up. I mean, you know, that was that was a pretty nice track. Nipsey wrote that bitch to me. I I, um, I have mixed feelings about the whole uh, roll out the Nipsey Hustle verse. Like, I feel like I feel like everybody's like rushing to be like, oh yeah, I fuck with Nipsey. Like, like ooh, look at me, I was cool with Nipsey Hustle. Let me roll out the verse that we had recorded six months ago or whatever. Like, I get it. Like, the marathon continues, but. It seems kind of, it seems kind of corny in a way, if that makes sense. So I've seen I get what you're saying, but I mean, I, I, I like that verse. Um, I like the way the album started off. Uh, the initial song was hot. Overall, of course, my feelings are going to probably align more closer to your South Breeze as far as with the length of the album. Uh, when I initially opened it up, which I just listened to it maybe two hours ago, on my way back from Augusta, and it was like, oh my. Yeah, shout out to the 706. Uh, which I was just like, oh my God, it's 21 songs. Like, are you serious? I was hoping it was gonna be like 10 songs, maybe 12, real quick. Um, but it, it's a solid album overall. Um, will I run it back? Probably like if I were bored on a road trip, it's a pretty decent album. The one thing that I can say that I do like. Uh, on this album that we don't get experience that we don't get to experience enough is the fact that Big Sean was able to kind of open up and get a little deep with us. Uh, sometimes he just 
doesn't really do that. He's like more of a party rapper at times. And I do like when he does open up and get deep with us, like he does on several tracks on this one. So like I said, overall, I think it's a solid album. Is it a classic? No. Is it the best album of the year? No. Is it the best Big Sean project? No. But it's a good project overall. Like it, It's solid. I think he should have rewritten his verse on the Detroit freestyle or the Detroit, uh, the Friday night cypher. Like I I'll give big Sean credit because he's one of those rappers where he he'll do his verse and he'll send it off. And if someone said something back, that's like, could be perceived as hotter than his, he doesn't change his verse. Like he just, this is what I, this is what I put out here and this is what it's going to be. I'm not going to change my verse and try to, you know, one up you after our, after hearing your verse, you know, so I, I'll give him credit for that, but I feel like when you're trying to when you're trying to put your city on, it's almost like what is more important? Is it important to put people from your city on, or is it important for them to be put on in a better light? Because there's a few people on those like I'm I'm not because I haven't heard a lot most of those artists on that uh on that uh on that song, so. There was a couple people I was just like, yeah, man, you probably should have set this out. Or Big Sean should have been like, hey, man, I need something better than than this. Like, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't gonna work. And I feel like Big Sean after, I don't know when he got these verses in, but I feel like at the bare minimum, when he heard Royce's verse, he should have been like, all right, let me go ahead and touch mine up real quick. Let me add something else to it. Let me try to rework some things. Let me try to come a little bit harder than that. Eminem's verse, I probably would have changed some things after hearing that. But uh, for a song like that, you, I understand you want to put people on, but they gotta, you don't want them to be forgettable. Like there's some people I heard on that song, I'm like, I don't want to listen to this guy. This guy's not that good. Like you're on a song with Eminem and Royce the Five Nine and Big Sean, and that's the best you could come up with. Like nah. Fair enough. Uh, so uh, the two biggest things that I got out of there was one that apparently uh, Big Sean's an anti-vaxxer. I I didn't think that that would be uh, discovered there. I was like, okay, cool. So I know who will not be getting the the COVID vaccine. And then as I re-listened to it today, uh, one thing that caught my ear that I missed the first time on the song Guard Your Heart featuring Wale and Anderson Peck. And this kind of channels my my Falcon Falcon uh, support with the hat. Uh, Wale has a verse that says, he said, uh, the land of 50 stars on Hollywood Martian, white friends don't got us, I promise you I'll block them. I'm gonna count my bread, I defied the odds and fuck that Saints quarterback cause he ain't Saint Laurent. So shout out to Wale for uh, kind of in, in spirit joining with the Falcons fans saying fuck Drew Brees for out here doing the most. Like he is really wilding out. But yeah, shout out to Wale. Those two things stuck out at the end of the album. So if you haven't listened to it, listen to it, check it out. Uh, Detroit 2, it's out. Big Sean, you know, all that shit. But it's a good uh, album. It's, a good album. It's, it's, it's straight. And kind of transitioning to talk about Drew Brees and football, Marcus, he sent us a tweet in our group chat about uh, Kirk Cousins' daddy is like a preacher. <laughs> or I don't know what he was doing, but he was wilding out. Like, I was mad confused. And it, 
Yeah, yeah. I'll let Marcus go on that because I'll, I'll, I'll probably feed off his points. Because are we are we are we moving on from music? Or are we going to come back? No, we'll, we'll jump back to it. But all right. Well, here here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I'm a. Adolf Hitler has. Can you hear it? Is it sound good? Has an agenda. Yeah. And he controlled. All right, Hitler had an agenda. Satan has. A- okay, let me go ahead and stop it right there. We're already bringing up. We're bringing up Hitler. All right, so that's <laughs> that's never a good sign for you to be like, hey, Hitler and Satan and Satan had an agenda. So when you start comparing things to Hitler, it's usually not a good start. So agenda, and he controls the institutions of the world to message you and me. And in the midst of that, it's tough to hear the voice of God. I don't want to go down the road of all the implications that we're facing today in our country. But with regard to education, for example, friends, our textbooks are being rewritten. All right. Textbooks yes. are being rewritten. Yes. Really? <laughs> they're, rewritten? they're like changing the changing things about it, or are they starting to be honest about our history as far as America? No, wait, wait. That, don't stop there. Don't don't stop there. Yeah, the the crazy thing is that a certain subsection of white people in this country, and it's, this is the next part is going to follow up and talk about removing statues. Like, oh, it's coming. Again, anybody who's listening to this, raise your hand if you learned anything about Black history that was outside of Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks. That's it. Sla- basic, general, uh, very general idea of what slavery was. And maybe watch Glory a couple times. Like, come on, man. Come on. Culture's being canceled. Pause it there. So, what culture is being canceled, though? Like, be specific. What culture are you talking about being canceled? Uh, I talked to the homie. Slavery? (laughs) Racism, uh, systematic racism. I was going to homie um, Ryan from uh, Don't Call Us a Podcast. And I was like, yo, did the right like suddenly discover the word cancel culture, or the phrase cancel culture? Like cancel culture is not a new thing. It's not a new phrase, but all of a sudden, every if you listen, like that's the their their party line that's our marching order is cancel culture. They're trying to cancel us, cancel this, cancel that. We can't be canceled. It's like, bro, it's 2020. Weird cancel culture has been around since like 2017. Like, why are y'all now just getting to this point? It, it sounds very, very, very fake. But and a lot of things don't actually get canceled. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, literally nothing gets canceled except Daniel Caesar. That's it. Like, people are still bumping R. Kelly right now. So, <laughs> uh, We have statues of people Racist. torn down. Why is that a problem? Why is it a problem that slave owners are getting their statues torn down? Why is that? Why, why does that bother you? Because that's the... If, we, if we're... I'm not saying that that's what he's saying. But if we look at the, if we, if you watch the news, read the internet or whatever, the only statues that I've seen torn down are statues of Confederate leaders and slave owners. So why is that a problem? Why do those statues need to be held up? And the ironic thing is you're, you're talking about the statues and history be rewritten. That's what history books are for. Like, just because you tear down the statue, that doesn't change that they're in the annals of history. Like, they're going to still be in the history books and still tied. 
So like I like I'm still as of to this point, uh, Mr. Cousins has not made any any points that have made any sense. We can get rid of that part of our history. That's not what we're doing. We're not getting rid of the history. We're just taking the statue down. That's it. The spiritual conviction of Americans' founders have been have been all but removed from our textbooks. The spiritual conviction of slave owners. Do you know that Ivy League schools were started almost in every case by ministers? John Harvard started Harvard. He was its first donor. He was a pastor. He started Harvard to train people for, for ministry. Yale started the exact same way. Dartmouth was started by, by a minister who wanted to train Native, Ameri- Native Americans to be missionaries. We're out here training. Why are you training Native Americans your religion and ways of life when they have their own? They have their own thing that they want. And it, and it wasn't, and I'm, I guarantee you, it wasn't a thing where they're just like, hey, you Native Americans, how about you come through if you feel like it and learn how to be a missionary? I'm sure there was a little bit of force, a little bit of threatening, you know, hey, we'll give you this land back that we took from you if you come through and take our classes. Those schools have changed a bit, haven't they? Obviously, we all understand where most of the media, the arts, and Hollywood is coming from today and what their agenda is. Religion is being silenced as God is being removed from our culture. Okay. I will say this. If you are a Christian, that is 100% fine. I don't have an issue with that. There is no... There's no problem with that. My only concern is when you put your religion above everybody else's. Christianity isn't the only religion that is practiced in the world and in America. There's a lot of other religions that people practice. To to feel like your religion is so much better that you feel obligated to be like, hey, you guys need to do this. You come to this school you're going to be this religion. Like, if it's a religious school, I got it. But to be like, oh, well, you go to this public school, like you have to be this way religiously, I'm not really a big fan of that. Yeah, and that's that's ridiculous as well because it, you go look on Twitter, or you can look on Facebook too. Look at some of the posts that these people that have Christian in their bio, look at some of the things that they say. And that'll tell you why a lot of people are turned off to the idea of Christianity, because it's like you you're throwing God and these values and these teachings around, but your actions do not reflect them to the tune of mad racism, mad xenophobia, mad homophobia and any other phobia you can think of. But you can't be like, oh, I'm a Christian, but then not say anything about your fellow man being slain in the streets or have more put more value in material things than your fellow man. Like those, those two things don't line up. Sure don't. Prayer has been banned from schools. Athletics. I'm not sending my kid to pray. I'm not sending my kid to school to pray. I'm sending them to learn. You can pray at home or pray at church. If you're at all tuned into pro sports these days and what's unfolding there, you know the platform that's taking place. 
Is there a problem with that platform that is taking place in sports? Is there an issue with that? What, what, what's the problem there? Hmm. Friends, the voice of God's enemy through the platforms of the world is loud and it is dominant. So if you do not make every effort to hear the voice of God, you will be seduced to believe the messaging of the world. All right. So that's Kirk Cousins' dad. Glad I don't root for that team because uh, and, you know, I, I'll give him a little bit of credit. I'll shoot him some bail as far as, you know, he is he is talking to people that want to hear that message. Like he didn't come out in a, you know, and he didn't go out in the streets or in public or he didn't go to someone else's uh, church that celebrates a different religion or anything like that. So the people that he's talking to, they want to hear that stuff. But he clearly preaches in a very large church that has a lot of members and it's being recorded probably for a television or a YouTube channel. So it's going to go out there for public consumption. And when that is the case and you have to deal with public criticism or at least a little bit of questioning about the things you believe and you just can't hide behind, oh, that's my religion. You can't hide behind, oh, well, you guys can't take these statues down because they were they believe in God and that's the foundation of this country. You know, you can't remove our history of slave owners because that's our history. You can't hide behind the Bible with that. And it's just, I, I feel like a lot of people, I feel like there's like, you think, you think these slave owners are in heaven? Is that what y'all think? Like they're right here preaching the guy, preaching the gospel, but they own slaves. You think they just, got that fast pass on to heaven, I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed when they find out about that. Well, it, the thing is, just the owning slaves part is the tip of the iceberg. Like, that's not talking about the savage beatings, the rape, the murder, the buck breaking. Uh, yo, I was outside the other day, slave. and where I live, it's extremely hot, and I was doing some manual labor, and I was like, I couldn't be a slave, man. Like, I'd have killed myself, man. Like, I'm, I'm out here complaining, and I have on clothes. I have access to a bed. I have access to AC. I have access to three square meals a day. I have access to Gatorade, Powerade, water, snacks at my disposal. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Now, imagine doing all of this half-naked, no family, no support, no sleep, eating the, the, the slops or whatever the slave owners left you. That's, that's kind of, you know, that's why black people eat chitlins and whatnot because that's hey they got the worst part of the, the the pig or whatever to eat and then having to go out and do manual labor for hours a day couldn't couldn't do it they'd have to shoot me they'd have to shoot me because that that's that's bullshit just they like to the people the people listening this probably are the people probably agree with us hopefully some some other thinkers listen to this but just think about slavery in that context. Think about the worst physical activity you've done outside, whether it be raking leaves or shoveling snow. Now think about doing that without all the, the amenities you have, the luxuries you have as far as sleep, nutrition, food, the ability just not to do it. Just be like, fuck this, I'm not doing this no more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now imagine not having any of those options. And on top of that, your life is threatened on a daily basis. Also, that you might do everything right and still catch an ass whipping at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? So think of, schools need to kind of present slavery. These people need to think about slavery in, in those contexts. And that's not that's not adding 
everything that followed and the the ripples and the effects that that has today, which is a completely different conversation that we've probably had in this podcast like 35 times. I know myself and one of the friends of the podcast, uh, the Ghost Lamont, we did slave work before. Uh, there's a company called Labor Ready in Jacksonville, <laughs> Florida. And they had us doing, like, we had to dig the gasoline tank out of the ground of a gas station. And I promise you, it was so hot. It, it was like in the late 90s on the degrees. You know, we're in jeans. I'm in some old beat up Timberlands. Just, it, it was terrible. And then when, when we finished, eight hours of work, we got $37, which oh was $15 and an 84 Riviera that didn't give me no type of gas at all. And gas was $4 a gallon then, by the way. I got out of the car and tore both of my freaking quads and fell to the floor. <laughs> Like, it was the experience of my life. And I'm like, you know what? It's no way in hell. Because to me, that is really close to slavery. Eight hours for $37, and they take $6 out in tax for you to cash your check to dig a ditch and pull out a, a gasoline tank. It was horrible. Now, imagine what slaves have to do, have to do like you said, you got the fear of being beat. You got production to meet. I mean, I know we're joking about Amazon, but Amazon ain't got shit on on digging a ditch. Okay, that's my yeah. But that, that shit is crazy. Side note: shout out to my Los Angeles Lakers who were up at half, sixty-seven to fifty-one. Now, Anthony Davis has 18.7 rebounds, three assists, one block. LeBron James, 17.6 rebounds, four assists, two steals. Uh, one of the Morris twins, 14 points. Danny Green, six points. And the point god, Rajon Rondo, seven assists and three steals. Good. Apparently, Rondo has braids now, which I'm very confused about. <laughs> but, yeah. Lakers are five. But, yeah, man, that uh, – Kirk – you know what? And they're not wearing masks at that church, so hopefully the ghost of Herman Cain is lurking over uh, <laughs> to uh, send them to the crossroads uh, video. But yeah, and, and kind of talking about people, just to pivot to people that don't really believe in masks and science and things of that nature. Uh, there is a very damning report that came out from the Atlantic that uh, kind of exposed your man 45 you know, for calling the troops and the, the buzzwords that are out right now are suckers and losers. So some well, CNN hasn't uh, independently verified it. NPR hasn't verified it, but they was on, they was on Fox News talking about this. And they was they was like, yo, this is what this man said. And he's out here saying like, hey, this isn't true. You know, this is the fake news or whatever he likes to say. But let's imagine it is true. Like you go online and you know, and, and Marcus, he's a he's a veteran, you know what I'm saying? He served served this country and whatnot. And and he's talked about it before. And shout out to Mr. Alexis, he's also a veteran we've had in the podcast. And shout out to me too. And you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. But it, it's it's a for for the people that, that do that, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. And then you hear you know, the person but go ahead. It's not easy, and to hear the person that's in charge calling people that died suckers and losers is kind of a kind of a gut punch. 
And, and the thing is, is like with him denying it, you know, because again, some people are saying it didn't happen, hasn't been, you know, independently verified. But there are people that are saying like, hey, we know the people that were there. They just don't reveal their names for, I guess, good reason. But they're saying this happened. And what I would say is that it's not out of the, the realm of reality that it it happened. Because your man said, shout out to Aaron Moses, Lakers and five. Your man's did, you know, kind of slander your, your boy John McCain, talking about he was only a POW because he got caught. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, if you were if you're gonna say that in public, amongst the other things that he said in public, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, yeah. it's, it's not it's not a thing where you have to have, like, yeah. So for the report on the Atlantic about what he said. If you're looking for independent verifications, I understand all that. But uh, we've heard, like, he publicly said, like, you know, I don't respect people that were captured. Like, the only reason we give John McCain any type of credit is because he was captured. And I don't like guys that got captured. Like, that's not a something we have to debate on if it happened or not. Like, you can clearly, like, YouTube that and find that. Like, I wouldn't put it past him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't put a comment like that past 45. Um, but yes, yeah, that's, that's a that's a bad look, man. Like, it's yeah, crazy. It's like, Why would you say something like that? And you know how this country, how we feel about our patriots outside of black people. Why would you say something like that and call them losers? Like, come on, dude. But you can't put anything past 45. He definitely has a slick mouth. Um, and he comes with the heat and doesn't care, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, remember, um, his sister uh came out with the Trump tapes or whatever and was basically saying, if it doesn't benefit him, he really doesn't care. So, why would I mean, why expect anything else, you know? He's not a war hero, he's a war hero, he's a war Five hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you, Trump didn't stop. I mean, it is what it is, and this is a guy that's so. This is a guy that's telling NFL players to stop disrespecting the troops by kneeling during the anthem. This is a man who dodged the draft like twice. I've no one in his family. Spurs. No one in his family has ever served in the military, but he sure does have a lot to say about it, and who's respecting it and who's not respecting it. So, those are the those, that's who's following. Like you're following that guy when when you're. Oh, well, you guys are disrespecting the troops. Keep that same energy. Yeah. And and also, another thing that uh, your man's 45 did. Uh, oh, shit. So he has, like, ordered the federal government to get rid of uh, inclusion training and racial sensitivity training. And I don't want to go too deep into that. But my only question of that is, like, how does that help anything? Like, who does that benefit? I'm, I'm curious about that. Like, who does, who does, who does that benefit to not teach uh, racial sensitivity training? Just makes you wonder, you know. But anywho, off that, because that's really not that important. And I know y'all probably don't care. But uh, it's I kind of I kind of don't want to do this, but I think we have to because unfortunately in the era that we live in, 
you know, life goes on. Uh, last week we lost uh, Chadwick Boseman, and already, even as soon as it happened, there was already a lot of speculation about what Disney should do or could do with the future of Black Panther. Before we get into that, a shout out to all you people on Twitter and other various social media platforms that told your kids the Black Panther died and then forced them to take these wild-ass pictures of them crying and doing Wakanda forever and staging, like, Black Panther funerals. Like, that is wild corny. That shit is out of control. You got to be ashamed of yourself, man. Like, everything, and unfortunately, the social media area, I guess everything has to be private. Everything's got to be flicked up for the gram. But, like, that's despicable. Like, that's disgusting. Like, you'll make your kid cry and then put them on tape. And then put them on your social media so you can get likes and retweets. Like I don't, I, I I don't have kids, but I hope I hope and pray that I never pull any stuff like that for clout. Like that shit is embarrassing, man. That's wild, wild embarrassing. But it's a bad look. So it's a horrible look. And I get the whole like embarrassing your kids thing, but I feel like that's a little bit more. It seems a little bit more personal, especially for a young black kid to you know, lost their first and only. Superhero, superhero in the MCU, and then you come through and like, hey, guess what? Black Black Panther died. How do you feel? Look at the camera. <laughs> How's that feel? You feel good? Hang on a second. Let me get a filter on your on your ass real quick. Like, come on, guys. Do the yeah. Wakanda forever too. Yeah, make yeah. sure you say Wakanda. Use your African accent. Do that thing. Do the thing. Yeah, I think the one that caught my eye was Halle Berry. I don't know if that was her kid. I don't know if she has nah, kids, but like. That wasn't her kid. She just reposted that. Well, she had to be a shade of herself, too. Let, let me see what yeah. the comments say. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, let's see. Wow, these people are a lot nicer. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Somebody's got a picture of somebody saying, okay, now start crying so I can get Twitter likes. <laughs> oh. You got you to parent for the internet. Yeah, there, a lot of people are here nicer than... I thought they would be, but yeah, man, that's that's wild coin. But as far as the MCU, um, a, a lot of people have been, I guess, lobbying for Shuri to carry the, the mantle of Black Panther, which that's how it goes down in the comics. Again, I know a lot of people don't read comics, but they're like, oh, yeah, she's carrying on the legacy, yada, 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 yada. Cool. Again, Disney is a business. They need to get these chips. And again, if y'all thought Black Panther did numbers, if they do a Black Panther 2, it's over. It's a wrap. Y'all thought we was walling out the first time? Okay. Pandemic or not, <laughs> it's getting hey. shut down <laughs> being there with a mask on for real. But I think the one that was kind of ridiculous on face value, but I could see it working. I just don't know how they're going to work this, but somebody had the suggestion that they gather the Infinity Stones and bring back Killmonger and then make him the Black Panther. And, okay, and I see your face. It, it's ridiculous. But if you think about it, one of the, I guess, character flaws that T'Challa had was, and even his dad identified this, was that he was kind of too nice to be a king, right? So now, you bring back Killmonger, who's clearly an animal and a savage, but it seems like he kind of found his way when he was dying, Maybe, you know, you come back, show him some YouTube videos of Thanos killing everybody, 
in some other YouTube videos, be like, yo, bro, this is the this is the temperature right now. I know you was on that black power <laughs> shit, like release Wakanda to the world shit, but like we we have some other things going on. We really need somebody to fill this role. He clearly was a superior fighter to T'Challa. You know what I'm saying? He was about that action. So I could see, I could see why somebody could connect those dots. But just with the like, I don't know how they're gonna do the story. I don't, I don't know how it's possible because like it doesn't make sense. Because if you literally Infinity Stones for one, you could do the other one in theory. Ah, yeah, right. So that's not gonna work either. I, I don't know, man. I think the person said, "Oh, we'll have T'Challa die in an explosion, kind of similar to his father." And then, you know, just go forward with getting the Infinity Stones and bringing back Killmonger. And it's like, well, if you can do one, you can do the other. I just like my whole point. I do want them to continue on with the Black Panther, whether it's uh, Shuri or Killmonger or somebody completely new. I just feel like out of respect for Chadwick, I'd rather wait down the line before they even make the decision to do that. Um, The wildest thing I heard was, Fucking Tyrese as the Black Panther. Oh my lord! That would be I got I got an even worse one. I was gonna tweet out. I was like, too soon. But I was gonna be like, you know what? Terrence Howard somewhere is fucking rubbing his hands. Wow. Like, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought I had a. I thought I had a worse one, but I think that might save the cake. Okay, so what you need? <laughs> you need a bankable star, someone that is obviously dark skinned. Someone that is phys- someone that is physically fit and athletic, and someone that'll you know fit in a Disney movie. Who's the one person that could do that? That person, Kevin Hart. I thought you were gonna say Terry Crews, but Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Crews. Nah, we would niggas would burn the studios down. <laughs> they would burn down the Marvel Studios if they put Terry Crews as Black Panther. <laughs> if they recast him. But I I'm I'm to the point, honestly, like whatever whatever Marvel wants to do, uh I I think they'll I think they'll do the right thing. And I'm at this point, I don't know what the right thing is, but uh Marvel has a lot of smart people in the wings. They have a lot of, you know, smart writers. Uh, Ryan Coogler, he's a smart guy. Uh, They have a lot of source material to work with. So if they decide to just like, hey, we're just going to, you know, recast Black Panther, I think the initial shock of it is going to turn people off. But I, I, I think it is possible to do it um, if they decide to just write them off. Something happened off screen, then I feel like that'll work. And if they just decide to just, you know, we're not going to acknowledge it, we're not going to do anything. It's just he's gone, and we're just going to act like, you know, I, I feel like that would probably that's probably the wrong move. The wrong move would just be like, all right, Black Panther never happened. But uh, I. I feel like Marvel has uh, gained the trust of their of their audience to be able to make uh, a decision when it comes to what they're going to do with uh, Black Panther and uh, if they decide to make a sequel or if they decide to recast or just you know put Shuri uh, as the uh, the Black Panther. So that that's where I'm at with the when it comes to uh, to that. 
Yeah, I'm kind of on the same thing. I mean, if they decided to recast it, um, you know, the movie is not scheduled to come out till late 2022. So they definitely have time to make some moves. I know that, that you know, everybody's still mourning and trying to process things. Um, just as long as they're like res respectful with it, what I would prefer is for them to kind of write T'Challa off since we know that there could be different Black Panthers. So, yeah. you know, we have T'Challa's Black Panther, even though that's the main one from the comics, but we do know that they do veer away from the comics sometimes. Um, and as we know, his father was a Black Panther. Um, so even if they were to find like another another name to play it, that would be cool. But I, I trust whatever decision that they're going to make, they're going to make uh, what's best. I can't see them not going forward with Black Panther because it's way too big of a cash cow. Like Black Panther is, is by far standalone their, high, their highest grossing film, like as far as a standalone person is concerned. And I mean, if two would have came out with Chadwick, it would have did even more numbers just because of the hype and how good the first one was. So, and I mean, I know some people at the time that, you know, they were really on Killmonger's side or wanted him to survive. But technically, we never did actually see him die, like officially. So we don't know what could have happened there. But um, whatever it is they decide to do, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, it just really sucks, man. Like, I, I wonder what could have been if he was still alive, like how that next phase would have been. And now everything's kind of altered because of this. And you also tend to wonder what other major iconic roles he would have uh, played because he was he was our generation's Denzel. Like he was the guy that you call on for big time movies and big time biopics. And it's just a shame, you know, that it's already so limited for us anyway that you can kind of name all the black actors that could possibly replace him unless somebody's coming left field. So, you know, it's, it, he's going to be missed. I yeah. definitely appreciate Disney. I was actually watching Endgame earlier. Magnificent film. Magnificent. Yeah, Marvel is in a, in a good place. Well, they're not in a good place, but they have a... They, they don't just go out there with a half-assed plan. Like, they go out there, they have a vision of what they're going... And I'm not saying that they're doing this now, but they have a vision of, like, all right, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to try to tie all these in. Because you know they got to tie in, you know, Black Panther 2 with... It's got to tie into Doctor Strange and to Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor 4 and all these other movies. All these movies, Spider-Man, they all got to come back together at some point. So they're, they're not just going to be like, all right, well, we're just going to put Shuri as Black Panther with no type of foresight or planning to go uh, with that. They'll, it'll, I, I trust Marvel in this. I think they'll make the right decision and make the right move. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I wanted to go back to, uh, we were talking about music before we kind of dove off into this. And so I didn't put this in in the group chat because <clears throat> I kind of wanted... Uh, everybody's kind of like you know reaction to it without any type of like preparation but uh did you know that Takashi 69 dropped an album on friday hmm. did you you didn't know that 
I didn't know it at all. Okay. So I think about three or four weeks ago, he put out a song, like a, another single, not the one with Nicki Minaj, but it, it came out like a week or two after that. He put out a single and it literally did not, I don't even think it made the top like 80. I think it debuted at like number 96, right? So then as I, I think it was maybe yesterday, I was on Twitter and I saw a video of him saying that he is essentially, he's almost essentially being blackballed from the music industry. So if you go to like, I have Apple music, right? So if you go open up Apple music, you go to browse, you go to like the uh, new music. Yeah, I'm here now and I don't see it. You're not going to see it anywhere. Like Big Sean is on here. Uh, the Mulan soundtrack is on here. There's a Metallica. Uh, there's a lot of, like, pretty much all the new albums are out. And Takashi 69 is, like, they have new albums. They have new songs. Even under the For You, where they usually have the music that they think that you would like, it's not there either. Like, I see Detroit 2, uh, YG, I don't know who AO and TO is. And I see uh, the Nas and Young Dolph and David Bowie and Logic. I don't see, I don't see it. Right. So it's pretty like, and you know what? Let me actually, let me actually do this. So I'm not making, I'm going to make sure this isn't like some fake news thing. So I'm going through and yep. So the album is called, you know what? I'm not even going to say what the album, you know what? The album is called Tattletales, right? So it is on here. It's 13 songs, 31 minutes. Actually, uh, Naj listened to it because it tells you who's uh, listened to, to albums on Apple Music. So my question would be, is that is that fair? For, is it fair for the music industry to kind of do that to him? Now, I'm not, I'm not a Takashi 6ix9ine fan. Like, I've listened to a couple of his early stuff. I thought it was fine. Uh, not, it wasn't great, but it was. it is what it was. And uh, I thought he was a pretty marketable uh, character. I thought the trolling that he did was just good marketing. The whole, uh, his whole prison snitching, all that stuff kind of went off the rails. But I didn't think that. You know, I still thought he was still able to generate views and streams and listens. But now it seems like they're just completely erasing this guy. Like, right or wrong? Like, I'm not sh- I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about that. I don't I don't even know what to say. Like I said, I'm I didn't know he released a new project. Um, I had seen a, something that looked like a newer interview of his on um YouTube, I didn't check it out, but um, if that's the case, then wow, like they kind of harsh with it because I mean, I, I still thought, even though with the, the snitching and all that stuff, uh, he was an artist that made good songs, like whether you like them or not, whether you like the controversy, uh, the gang stuff, and, and the rainbow hair, like he made music that people liked. And to just know that now that he's just being, I guess, blackballed is kind of crazy. Like, I can't believe I'm looking here on Apple and I don't see anything from him. Like, that's- I mean, 
it, it's one thing to like to not be on like the front page, but to just be completely erased and nowhere to be found anywhere on the street. I don't I don't know what it is on title, but I can tell you on Apple Music, you're you're you have to literally type in his name to find his album. And granted, it's it's not about if you make good music in 2020 like that doesn't even matter or do you do you sell do you sell records do your records go to number one are you getting streams are your youtube videos doing numbers like his youtube numbers are pretty crazy and i believe his his songs do pretty good numbers as far as like chart wise so i don't know what the record or the the music industry has to gain from not even putting his music to where you can like legitimately find it like do they feel that strongly about what he was doing or is there something personal going like there there's something going on that kind of feels fishy because i'm i'm of the mindset like if you like somebody then i feel like you should have the choice on if you want to listen to them or not i don't think that choice should be made by anybody else but the consumer so like, like we've talked about this before. Like, I don't listen to R. Kelly, but you listen to R. Kelly. I don't think it would be right for Apple Music to just take his music away. I don't think it would be right for Spotify or Tidal. Just like, you know what? We're taking away all of R. Kelly's music. I don't think that's right. Because, you know, he, he, you, you have to give the people a choice. I think I think it's fair to give consumers a choice on what they want to consume. If they want to consume that music, then they should have that right to. It shouldn't be a case by case basis. Yeah, clearly. I mean, Charles Manson has music out, and people have his albums, and you can stream his music. So, you know, and he, and just to clarify, I don't listen to R. Kelly like that. Yeah, yeah. if R. Kelly comes on, I'm not gonna turn it. But I don't go out my way anymore to look for R. Kelly other than like on some rarity type of deal. But if they took his music away, I would definitely, if he was convicted and then they took the music away, I would understand it because, you know. I wouldn't. I I think it's a slippery slope because then it's like, all right, so we took away his music because of what he did. Now it's like, all right, well say and this i'm only using this as an example because he's the first person that came to mind and he's the only one that i can think of that had well actually you no know i take that back so royce the five nine he had a dy and he crashed into a pole and was arrested for it if i'm someone that's a part of you know mothers against drunk driving and i'm like hey i think you should take down his music because he's an alcoholic and he drinks and drive is that now something that is going to be allowed to happen if i'm a survivor of domestic abuse hey i want you to take down chris brown's music uh my my mom was a crackhead or my mom smoked crack i want you to take jay-z's music off because he raps about selling drugs like where does it stop oh okay yeah, with that point i definitely understand that it's, it's it, it just you just I, I like, it. six nine did like he didn't commit a crime he didn't commit it. There wasn't, there weren't any like. It's it's different when it comes to like snitching because it's like, the victims are other criminals or people involved in that lifestyle. So it's not like he was snitching on someone's grandma. You know, it was, it was 
people that were apparently in that life. So it's kind of not saying that you don't feel bad for him, but I mean, they let him in his circle, in their circle and they knew what the deal was with him. So I just think that the, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I low key kind of feel bad for Takashi 69. I think the the music industry is kind of screwing him over, but they, they, they kind of milked him for everything that he had. You know, they, they put him on front street, they put him everywhere. They had his face all over the place. He's out here doing these wild things in like California, going to like Nipsey's memorials and saying crazy things. And now he doesn't, it seems like he doesn't have the ability to make money off of his own music. So, I mean, it sucks for him, but I, I feel like they're kind of doing him dirty. I hope but, he uh, saved up some money while he had his uh, run, because that definitely seems like it's the case. Yes. Yeah, hopefully he he did save his money because he's uh, I think I think it, I think we're we're witnessing the erasure of one of the the hottest artists in the last like five 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 years. He's been like the hottest artist for the last like three years. So for him to just be erased like this and that easily, to where if I was to tweet out, "Hey, did you guys know Takashi had an album out?" I'm pretty sure nobody would have known that. Like it's not. This is pretty insane. But uh, another another thing sticking on music that I wanted to talk about was what Sweetie's doing. Now I've I've been on record as saying that she is one of the worst rappers like of all time. I've said that before. But Tap In is a good song. I liked the song. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it did well. You know, as far as like charts and. The video was video was okay. It was just a typical video, but they decided to do a remix for it. Now, Sweetie is a West Coast female rapper, and when I tell you that she is doing a remix for that song, who would be your first? Who's someone that you'd like? You know what? They'd be good for a remix. Is there any artist that you could think of that might go well on a tap in remix? I mean, just keeping with the West Coast, I don't know if he would do it, but maybe K-Dot, maybe YG. Okay. So I was listening, I, I was listening to it today, and I'm listening, I'm looking, I'm looking at the chorus, right? The chorus, little waist, fat ass bitch, tap in, tap, tap, tap in. Diamonds dancing on your neck, nigga, tap in, tap, tap, tap in. Fucking nigga, get rich, bitch, tap in. Tap, tap, tap in. M-O-B, icy game, nigga, tap in. Tap, tap, tap in. Now, what about that chorus screams the baby, Post Malone, and Jack Harlow? There's nothing about that that chorus that says, you know what? I need to hear the baby rap on this. You know what? I need to hear Post Malone rap on this. I need to hear Jack Harlow rap on this this is this was a layup guys it's a layup yeah i'm calling cardi meg maybe nikki female rappers have been running the game for about five years now and they're and it's so so okay so trying to get like cardi megan uh nikki minaj those are hard features to get they cost a lot of money. Sweetie's is still a younger artist. She's still a newer artist. 
So it's going to be a little bit harder for her to get them. But Flo Millie is right there. Flo Millie is a 19-year-old rapper who's just now coming up. You could have easily got her on a remix. You could have easily probably got Mulatto, an artist that you've worked with before. Maybe City Girls. That That is the main one. That's the, that's, that's the first phone call I'm making. Whatever money you spent to get Post Malone and the baby and Jack Harlow, you could have gave that to the City Girls. And they would have yeah, did Post Malone just, uh, I don't get it's it. It's awful. <laughs> whatever, whatever you think it is, it's worse. It's so bad. Like, the baby's verse is just literally any the baby verse you've ever heard. Like, there's nothing, nothing special about it. I thought Jack Harlow's verse was fine, but, I mean, Jack Harlow's still a fairly new artist, and I don't know what he did to earn a slot on a song this big. Um, yeah, just and then the, the, we got to start. We got to stop calling some of these things remixes, though, because uh, they didn't change the beat at all. There was nothing added to it except for Post Malone's part, and Sweetie didn't give them a new verse. So I feel like if you're not going to adjust the production, so say like with uh, the Savage remix, Megan Thee Stallion added a verse. Obviously, they had Beyonce on it, and then they changed the production of the song. Another remix that came out the same day was the Do It remix by Chloe and Hallie that had the City Girls, Doja Cat, and Mulatto on it. So all those three uh, rappers had verses, and then Chloe and Hallie added a verse to it, and they adjusted the production. Those are legitimate remixes. On this tap-in remix, Sweetie didn't even add a verse. She just used the same verse that she had before. So I'm not even sure... If this is her doing, because this seems like a label thing, and they're just like, hey, we need the song to do more, do better numbers. Who are people that we can contact to get on this remix? And they chose, I think, I think Post Malone was the worst one. I think that's a clear money grab. The baby's been rapping about the same thing for the last two years, so that's just lazy. And Jack Harlow, they're, maybe they're just trying to push him as a newer artist. Maybe they're on the same label. So I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I, I don't like what's happening with their career right now. But uh, we gotta we gotta start having a uh, higher standards with uh, what we consider a remix because that's that's not a remix anymore. Yeah, those definitely aren't remixes. I mean, like I remember this is an old song, but like when the song Two Step came out by DJ Unk, and then that remix came out, and it was like completely different. T-Pain was on it, different other artists, and it was like a whole new energy to the song. Or like you said, with uh, the Savage song, you add, you change up the production, you change up the lyrics a little bit, or you add a completely new verse. You know, Beyonce's on it, new energy to the song. To me, just adding people to the song, like, it's like, what the heck? Like, even, I know one of my favorite remixes that I listen to sometimes is... um, I like Top Back, the original, and then I like Top Back, the remix. Now, the beat's the same, but at least it's, you know, they added with three or four new artists. T.I. completely switched up and revamped his um, his flow and his verse, and it was just a hot song. Remixes are getting lazy. Like, it just seems like people say, hey, this song's a, a hit. Just We're just going to add you to it and take one of my verses off. Exactly. Yeah, take two of my verses off and add two people, but, or we'll just extend it out a little bit. 
And it's just like, what the hell, man? Like, take this hit and revitalize it, revamp it. Like, uh, like even with the WAP, like, that mashup that I heard was great. And I would, I, I still would be really excited about a WAP remix. Like, I think it's happening. You could keep the hoes in this house. Like, that's cool. Slightly switch up the beat, even majorly switch up the beat. Add some new artists. Like I said, if it was me, I want uh, something like that song, The Lady or Ladies Night, where it's like the best of the best female MCs are on this WAP song there, tearing it up. No pun intended. That's what I want in my remixes. And I do kind of feel like now stuff is lazy. And as far as the baby is concerned, you're 100% correct. This dude spits the same bars and verses. I know uh, Freddie Bricks, he even had, uh, he had tweeted out a meme that was like, uh, the baby always says, oh, let, let me catch the beat. Let me switch it. When the beat switches up, when the beat drops, blah, 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 I'm going to switch my flow up. And it's like, nigga, you drop the same flow no matter what the beat does. Like, it's just, it's the same thing. Like, to me, he's kind of headed towards being played out a little bit. But I definitely wish she would have came a little bit harder on the re- remix. I don't know. Like, the Post Malone thing is just weird. Like, I understand you probably want to bring in a more uh, a white artist or whatever or a more diverse um, fan base or appeal to more diverse fan base. But that is probably the last possible artist that I would think to get on this song. That's just how crazy it is. Easily. It makes makes zero sense. Not a, and I have strong feelings against Post Malone, so just the idea of him still being on, you know, rappers' hotlines is just still bothersome. Uh, so... We're going to go ahead and wrap up here. We're almost at an hour and a half, which is it's a long time to be uh, talking. So uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Check us out on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Uh, subscribe, leave a comment, uh, retweet, share. Um, shout out to everybody that's been rocking with us for this long and uh, listening and, and supporting. Um, 2008. Uh, Swagger Like Us came out with uh, T.I., Jay-Z, Kanye West, and Lil Wayne. Um, I'm not sure who had the best verse. I know who didn't have the best verse, and that's Jay-Z. So I'll leave that at that. T.I.'s verse wasn't all that either, but yeah, definitely. And that was a song that had a lot of hype around it. It was good, but it wasn't like I was expecting like some A1 stuff, and it was just good. But I definitely want to give a shout-out to Everybody that listens every week, that tunes in, that uh, comes to visit us on the uh, YouTube and leaves the comments during the podcast. Uh, thank you for all the love and support, everybody. Um, as always, we are KTSC Av Podcast, and we are out. I don't know where South Breeze is, nigger. <laughs>